once again.
Let us pray together, shall we? Father God, it gives us delight once again to be gathered here on a Lord's Day morning, the first day of another week. We just pray, our Father, that this might be a time of blessing to us, but of all, but more than that, a time when Your name will be made much of, glorified, when the Lord Jesus Christ will be spoken well of. We do, our desire of our hearts this morning, our Father, is to bring praise and worship to You, as we have done in the singing of this lovely hymn together. We do, our Father, want this morning a hymn of praise to rise up from this place in honour of the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Father God in heaven. We just ask our Father that whatever is a situation in our lives at the moment, a problem, a difficulty, even something to rejoice in, we just pray, our Father, that we might for this short time together this morning concentrate our hearts and our minds upon the Lord Jesus Christ that we might, our Father, take great joy, great pleasure in making much of him together this morning. The world will be have uh, celebrated Christmas Day yesterday, but in so many places uh, the Lord Jesus Christ will have been scantily thought of. He will not be part of that celebration at all. The joy of our hearts to think of Christmas today, uh, this week and our Father is very much centred upon the Christ of Christmas and how we rejoice in him, our Father, and what he came into this world to do. He came, yes, as the Son of God, for that was who he ever was. He came as Emmanuel to be God with us. And he came, our Father, as Jesus, Saviour of the world. And so, our Father, we praise and thank you for him at the very outset of our gathering together this morning. We just pray, our Father, that we might together this morning perhaps have a deeper appreciation of him, for that's the desire of our daily lives, our Father, that we might know more of him, might walk the more closely with him. And so this morning, our Father, uh, we pray that everything said and done this morning here might be in honour of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Pray for those who are not with us for one reason or another this morning, our Father, uh, there are some who will be tied up with necessary duties. There will be those, our Father, who uh, have to uh, be at home because of their health. And uh, uh, we just pray for them, our Father. We think particularly of Bev, and we do ask for her, our Father, that you will be good and kind to her this morning. Uh, give her some very sweet thoughts of the Saviour that will rejoice her heart, we pray. We pray for others, our Father, who are unable to be with us. Uh, for one reason or another, that you will draw very close to them this morning, particularly if they are on their own and feeling lonely. Father, and be very good and kind to them, we pray. We pray, our Father, for the fellowship here. Thank you for maintaining it over these many years. We just pray, our Father, that it ever might be here, placed in Gordon Road, Housham, as a beacon of light to the surrounding houses, to the surrounding neighbourhood. We pray, Father, that there might be those living close by who will be constrained to come in amongst the folks here and to hear of a Saviour who loves them, of one who seeks to be their Lord and their Master and to take them in a day to come to be with himself in heaven itself. And so, our Father, we pray for the testimony here to encourage the, the folks that meet and to encourage them particularly in seeing one and another uh, coming amongst them and being gloriously 
saved. Pray for the preachers who occupy the pulpit here, uh, that they might be those of, uh, of, the, uh, of the choosing of our Father God himself, as it were, that they might be those who are steeped in the scriptures and uh, the truth of it, and that the gospel message is proclaimed from this pulpit in all its fullness, uh, that others might hear and be much blessed. Uh, we pray for each other here this morning, our Father, and just seek that whatever is on our minds at this moment might be uh, satisfied and answered as we look into the Scriptures presently, that there might be a word for each one of us from yourself. We pray, Father, indeed, that the, that the speaker might be completely lost to sight of this morning, and that the Word of God might be glorified, and that the Saviour viewed in all his risen glorified power. So, our Father, we think of the country in which we live in such dire circumstances, it seems, at the moment, and uh, such an apathy towards uh, yourself and your word. We do pray, our Father, that there might even on this day be much done uh, in the salvation of precious souls in this land in which we live. The folks might be turned from uh, the, uh, their wicked ways to serve the true and the living God. We pray for the folks of this land, Father, uh, that in all the problems and difficulties particularly associated with the pandemic, we pray, Father, that they might be caused to reflect on their need of a saviour, their need of a God in heaven uh, to care for them. So, Father, uh, we pray for our land and for our government that they might, our Father, uh, be influenced again by the things of your word. Uh, we just ask our Father uh, that this might be so. Think across the world, dear friends in Sri Lanka that we have particular contact with, we do ask for the, the, them particularly again this morning, our Father, perhaps suffering more grave difficulties than we ever anticipate to, to, to have in this land. We do pray for them, our Father, to bless them this morning and to be with them and to encourage them as they will have met, met in like circumstances to bring praise and worship to you. So, our Father, we return to ourselves and just seek a blessing upon us this morning that we might go from this place rejoicing in the joy of your salvation, that we might, our Father, go from this place rejoicing that once again we have met with the Father God. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus and for his sake. Amen. 180, our second hymn, please. 180. Thou who was rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake became his poor, Thrones for a manger did surrender, sapphire paved courts for stable for the floor. 180.
Our scripture reading this morning, please, is found in John's Gospel and chapter 20. John's Gospel and chapter 20. We'll commence to read, please, at verse 19. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So reads God's precious word, and he will bless that public reading to us. Before we have a few thoughts on that particular passage, let's sing another hymn together, please. 163, 163. Behold, the great creator makes himself a house of clay, a robe of human flesh he takes, which he will wear for a 163.
brief word of prayer. Father, as we turn to your word, conscious of our own inadequacies in explaining it, in exploring it, we just pray, our Father, that the Holy Spirit might take of the things of Christ this morning from the pages of Holy Scripture and reveal them to our hearts and minds, that we might rejoice together in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Be with us in that to bless, Father, for we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Is there something there when there appears to be nothing there? Well, I suppose we would say, yes, that's quite often the case. Certainly at this particular moment. I gaze at you this morning all wearing your masks very dutifully because there is indeed something there uh, that doesn't appear to be there. There's something hidden from us. Uh, we cannot see this virus that's ramping its way through the uh, country, through the world at this moment. It's impossible to see it. And yet there is no doubt at all that it is there. They give it a name. It doesn't make any difference, does it? It doesn't make any difference at all that they give this virus a particular name. We still cannot see it. Uh, they show us pretty pictures of it on our television, of round blobs with, with uh, spikes sticking out of it. it. We still can't see this virus. Is there something there when there, is, when there appears to be nothing there? Well, if the answer is yes, it's also no. It can be either yes or no. Because looking with the naked eye only gives us one, one view of a particular thing. I don't understand how a microwave oven works particularly. I dare say somebody can give me a scientific explanation of it, but I'm quite happy to put something into the microwave and uh, press the buttons and it heats it up and cooks it, but I don't know how it works. I cannot see the infrared rays I'm told, uh, 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 what make it work. I cannot see them, these microwaves, but they do cook. I don't understand how I can pick my mobile phone up and talk to somebody if, if I want to across the other side of the world. I cannot see uh, the, uh, the, 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 the waves that come out of my phone. And yet there's no doubt that it is there. They tell me that astron astronomers have been putting great efforts recently in trying to understand the cosmos, understand uh, the, the planets out there and how far does it, does it stretch. But they cannot. They cannot see. They, they can see so far, but no further. There seems to be no end to it. And yet there seems to be something missing, which they're still searching for. Uh, the best they've come up with is that they can call it dark matter, whatever that is, out there. Something to do with the mass of gra gravitational forces generated by solid objects in space. Got it? That's what they tell me. I was thinking about it again recently, as recently actually as yesterday, because we had a large family gathering and uh, the, the folks were there and uh, Christmas was on their thoughts and in their minds and on their lips and they all had different ideas about it, no doubt. There were different facets of Christmas 
that interested them. And I guess if I went round the room here this morning and asked each of you to give me one word, one thing, that to you spoke of Christmas, we'd get perhaps nearly as many uh, different answers as there are people here. Think of one thing this morning, will you? Think of one thing that speaks of Christmas. Now, in this august congregation, I'm sure that most of you will be thinking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's good. But if we were to think of one other thing, if we were to go out there in the street and stop people and ask them, do a survey, yeah, give us one word that means Christmas. Somebody might say angels. Another might say shepherds. Another might say wise men. An angry king, perhaps. Animals. Mary, Joseph, the babe in the manger, a star. All these things might be answers to that particular question. Only one person hardly ever mentioned. In fact, at first glance, you would think that as we think of Christmas and as folks think of Christmas, if you listen to the Christmas story, one person is overlooked so often, and that's the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many people this morning here, as we thought of Christmas, thought of the Holy Spirit. You see, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is what is the major distinctive, is it not, of the Christian faith. It marks the Christian faith out as being completely unique that we have a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is three persons in one. All are necessary. Now, I don't want to major on a, dis uh, on, on a dissertation this morning about the Holy Spirit. Just simply to say this, that we believe from the pages of Scripture that God is three persons in one. Just one small illustration. Think of prayer. The scriptures tell us quite strongly that we are to pray to the Father God. We offer those prayers through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Three persons of the, of the Trinity, three persons in one, all necessary to come together when we seek to pray to our Father God in heaven. It's, a, it's a, a conception that many people find difficult, perhaps, to understand, particularly as we might talk to folks out there in the street. How can something be three in one? It just doesn't, it, it, it defies our human intellect, perhaps. And yet, and I know I've shared this thought with you before, but I'll do it again. We do that every day of our lives, virtually. Because we take water. The chemical symbol for water, of course, is H2O. Here it is in this glass. It's liquid. We can drink it, and it helps us to slake our thirst. But if we put it into a refrigerator or into a freezer, it will turn it into a block of ice. And you can't drink it then. 
exactly put a block of uh, a cube of ice into your mouth, but it can't. You can't drink it. It's changed completely into something completely different. And then again, if we put it on a heat and we heat it up and we boil it, it turns into a vapor and it disappears into the air. And you certainly don't want to be trying to drink steam. But do you get the thought that this H2O never changes in its composition? It is always H2O. And yet it can be three different, uh, different uh, forms, each doing something different. And yet it's still H2O. And that's my simple explanation of the Trinity, of God, three persons in one. All absolutely in harmony, um, reverently, the same chemical makeup, but doing separate jobs, having different uh, functions in our lives. We have the Father God, Sovereign Lord of all, who rules the heavens and the earth. Go back to Psalm 18. If we had the time, we'd read through that lovely psalm and we'd see David's appreciation of the Father God in heaven. Tremendous words David uses there and descriptions to describe the almighty God of heaven itself. Go into John 1, verse four, uh, chapter 4 and verse 14 and we read there that the Father sent the Son, the Saviour of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ came to be the saviour of the world. We thought about him in our prayer as being Emmanuel, God with us, and yet being Jesus who came to save his people from their sins. And we think then of the Holy Spirit. If we had time, we'd go into John 14 and we'd read there of the, of the Lord Jesus promising this comforter to come that will be with his people. And so you get, you, you get the, 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 the feeling of the triune God. Three persons acting completely in union together and each having its own, his own particular function, his own particular action. And you say, well, that Holy Spirit, what does it have to do with me? Well, of course, uh, we read there how that God, that the Lord Jesus Christ breathed on those disciples they received the Holy Spirit God breathed Genesis tells us God breathed and man became a living soul now the Lord Jesus Christ has come he's lived that perfect sinless life which enabled him, qualified him and I say that reverently to go to the cross at Calvary and give that perfect sinless life the once for all sacrifice for sins. That was what he did when he went to the cross at Calvary. Now he's come back from the dead, raised from the dead on the third, the appointed day. And now he's going to go away from the folks of the world, but he wants to leave with them a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he breathes onto them, and they receive new life in the person of the Holy Spirit. And Paul in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2 tells us, Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? In Galatians again he says to them in chapter 4, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
Pentecost was still to come uh, beyond the reading that we had here in John's Gospel, chapter 20. When the Holy Spirit would descend from heaven and enter into each of those believers there on that particular day. Filled they were with the Holy Spirit. Filled to capacity. No need for second blessings. They were entirely filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when folks believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to live within each truly born-again believer. Comes to live within that believer in full measure. No need for second blessing. Or we can quench the Spirit. Or we can uh, refuse to be filled with the Spirit day by day. But he's there in full measure available to us in that respect. And so we come back to Christmas. And we think about the Holy Spirit being there, active in, Christian, in Christmas. And, and we just need to go back to, to Luke's cha- Gospel and chapter 1 and verse 35. And what does it say there? That the angel said unto Mary, answered her and said, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How important the Holy Spirit was in the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world, born into this world in a completely different fashion from any person who had ever been born before and any person who has ever been born since. There was no union between a man and a woman to bring the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. For that would have necessarily mean, and again I say it reverently, that the Lord Jesus Christ would have been born in sin, shaped in iniquity, as David tells us. The Lord Jesus Christ was placed into Mary's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, uh, the angel tells Mary, that that thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God and be holy. And I say, I know I keep using it, the the thought that I'm saying these things reverently, uh, but it is an absolute fact, isn't it, that the Lord Jesus Christ could be nothing but sinless because he had nothing to do with a man and a woman coming together to produce a human being. Placed there by the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ would be nothing other than holy in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. Holy in every respect. I know nothing about gardening particularly. I tried to name a plant this morning and was told I was wrong. It's not unusual in my experience. But I do know that if I buy a a, a packet of bulbs and it says it's a daffodil on it, and I put it in the ground, it's going to grow as a daffodil. It's going to come up, it's not going to come up as a a rose or a hyacinth or something. it, It can only be what it is, which is a daffodil bulb. It can't be anything other than that. So it was with the Lord Jesus Christ. Born of Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit, he was holy in every respect and could be nothing but holy. 
But this reading we had uh, just gave us some lovely thoughts which I just want to leave with you as we draw these thoughts to a conclusion. That the Lord Jesus Christ, as he breathed on this, these disciples and imparted to them the Holy Spirit, he was doing more than that, if you can imagine it. For what he says, first of all, he says, uh, Peace I leave with, bring to you. When he had so said, he showed them his hands and his feet uh, aside. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And here it is. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. First recorded words of the Lord Jesus Christ since his crucifixion to a group of people. I know he had conversations with individuals, Mary at the tomb for argument's sake the two on the road to him. But here are a group of people and the first words that they hear from the mouth of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, peace be unto you. Peace. Receive the Holy Spirit, but first, he says, I want you to have peace. And I thought about that recently and I thought how unusual that was. There's no criticism from the Lord Jesus Christ of these disciples. There's no fault-finding. There's no rebuke. And yet, they treated him quite badly, hadn't they, at the cross, most of them. John was the only one who stood with Mary at the cross. The other disciples, it tells us, had all dispersed, had run away. Peter was to say to, to, to them, let's, let's go fishing. You know, Jesus is dead, let's go. The Lord Jesus Christ could have come amongst them that morning, couldn't he, and criticised them. He could have blamed them for the way they behaved. He could have found fault with them. He could have rebuked them, rebuked them, but no. Peace, he says, to you. Why could he say that to them? Why would they have peace? Because simply this, that through his death, they received pardon. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that they were going to, uh, they, they could have pardon for their sins through his death on that cross at Calvary. That, that death that he died there uh, for the Father God uh, was, the, uh, was the way back to God for those who were sinners. It was the way they could come back to God. You see, he stood there before them that day bearing the marks of Calvary. Later in our reading, we read how that Thomas was challenged to put his, hand, uh, his finger in the print of the nails and thrust his hand in the side of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ bore those marks of Calvary. And those marks of Calvary spoke to those disciples on that day. Peace and pardon for their sins. And if they spoke of peace and pardon, then incredibly the Lord Jesus Christ says, there's going to be a purpose for you now. There's going to be a purpose for you. In verse 21, Jesus said unto them again, Peace be unto you. As the Father has sent me, and the word sent there in the original text is, the, is a word of authority. As the Father has sent me with authority, he says, I'm going to send you. I send you. And that word send when he's speaking of us or of his disciples <coughs> is the word that means under authority the Lord Jesus Christ 
says, the Father sent me with authority to go to the cross at Calvary and to, uh, to, to secure peace for, for pardoned sinners <coughs> through the, my death on that cross. Now, he says, I want to send you under my authority to go and to preach the gospel, to tell folks of this wonderful salvation that has been secured there. Peace, pardon, purpose. We say purpose? Me? What power have I got to be able to uh, go out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to preach him as saviour of the world? What what authority have I got? What authority has given, he given me? Simply this, the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> In verse 22 he says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful God we have. What a wonderful Saviour we have. That we recognise immediately our own inadequacies, our, our, our own impotence in, in, in seeking to pr promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ but God says through Jesus I know you don't have the power of yourselves you're human beings you are the product of man and woman coming together but he is a holy person here is the holy Lord Jesus Christ and he is going to breathe into you the Holy Spirit to give you the power and the courage and the authority to preach salvation in my name the Holy Spirit then. Genesis 2, chapter 7, it says that God breathed and man became a living soul. Humanity was born. Now, now, that into that humanity is going to be breathed new life, new power. In six weeks' time after this particular incident, uh, it would be Pentecost and the Holy Spirit would fill, as we thought, uh, the, the believers on that particular occasion and ever since that day every believer has been filled as we have said with the power of the Holy Spirit a power that's available to all believers to enable them to carry out the purposes of God the preaching of the gospel a spirit a Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit which speaks with authority verse 23 can be so easily misconstrued. Uh, it's not that we can forgive sins, but that we can, through the preaching of the gospel, encourage folks to have their sins forgiven. Their soul's salvation depends on their accepting their st sinful state and accepting that God can forgive their sins through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ and fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit, a spirit of authority, a spirit of understanding. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to understand the need of salvation and the way of salvation. A spirit, too, of cleansing and of power in the believer's lives. Go into Acts chapter 2 and you leave that, read that lovely passage there uh, of the early church and how that that church is full of praise for their God. Praise with a new fervour because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Preaching with a new power because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
relating to one another in new love because they are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The challenge for us surely is this. Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit who came to us in full measure on our conversion, on our acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior? Are we going to live that, allow that same Holy Spirit to fill our lives every day, to cleanse us daily and release from our redeemed hearts praise and worship to our Father God, to increase our understanding of the Word of God and all the things concerning Christ. Allowing the Holy Spirit to become a power in our lives uh, to carry out the commission of our Saviour to continue His work in the preaching of the Gospel. I send you under authority, Jesus says to us today. What a wonderful gift it is, isn't it? To be given the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our minds perhaps yesterday and those around us were much taken up with gifts, with presents that were being received. And to, pretty much as I noticed, people were very happy with the gifts they were given. Uh, they, were, they were something that they were going to enjoy. But I guess that some of those gifts might be hidden away and forgotten about. Perhaps not quite what the recipient wanted. You know, we need to pray daily, don't we? That the power of the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and dwells within each other, each of us, uh, that it might be first and foremost used to the power, to the praise and glory of our Father God. And then also to the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. And then to the benefit of those whom we seek to reach. Is there something there that we cannot see and yet it is very much there? Is it evident in our lives? Might it be so for the glory of God and the honour of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. <coughs> 189, please. Thou Son of God and Son of Man, beloved, adored Emmanuel, who didst before all time began in glory with thy Father dwell. And the last verse says, Blessed Saviour, we are wholly thine, so freely loved, so dearly bought. Our souls to thee we would resign, to thee would subject every thought. 189.
return thanks to you for this time we've been able to spend together this morning. Blessed to us, we pray, but above all, mighty to broad honor to the name of the Lord Jesus, and glory and praise and worship to the Father God in heaven himself. So we pray as we go on our way presently to be with us and to bless us through the rest of this day, our Father. Make us a blessing to those with whom we meet, we pray. Uh, and our Father, we just ask that it might be that we go with your blessing. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus and for his sake. Amen. <laughs>